Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here. First of all, I want to thank Pastor Melvin, Pastor Colin, and the church leadership uh, for giving me this opportunity to be able to share the Word of God with you this morning. It's good to see all of you in church at the hub, and I'm really excited to share with you what God has placed on my heart for all of you this morning. First of all, for some of you who may not know me, I can't remember when was the last time I came to the hub to share the word. Let me just do a quick introduction about myself. My name is Louis. been in this church for almost 40 years and that tells you how old I am. I don't work in the church. Like all of you, I'm a lay person and we volunteer and help out as much as we can in the church so that the church can function at its best. In this church, I am more commonly known for what I do than for my name. Anyone wants to guess what do I work as? Some people guess that I'm a chef. When they look at me, they think that I can cook, you know. Some people guess that I'm a gym instructor. No, I'm joking. Nobody guess that I'm a gym instructor, okay? Well, I work as a police officer and uh, I've been at this job for about 16 years this year. Okay, so that's uh, what I work. I have three children and one wife. This is a family photo. On cue, all right, very good. AV team today, world class. Okay, and uh, this is a photo which we took last year celebrating two of our children's birthdays. Yeah. Okay, enough for self-introduction. If you have not already realized, today is a special Sunday. So whilst the church is having and celebrating IGC, Intergenerational Church, huh? back in main church this morning, we also have a special celebration right here at the hub. And we call it Serve God, Serve One Another Celebration. The aim of today's celebration at the hub is firstly to thank all the volunteers who are serving so faithfully at the hub to support the service. You know, the worship ministry members, the AV team, the ushers, and all those people in the background, we want to really thank them and salute them this morning. Oh, yes, let's thank them for it. It is also, this morning, it is also to help us to be more aware of the ministries that are available and to encourage us to step forward to serve. That is why we had a special video during the offering just now. There are two special inserts in the bulletin this morning, which I'll explain a bit more towards the end of the service. We also have a ministry booth set up outside where you'll be exiting later. So visit the ministry booth. And last but not least, since today is the last Sunday of the month, anyone can guess what we are having? Heart fellowship, heart refreshments, yes. And to mark this special day, well, you guys are really special, huh? We have also gotten two surprises for you at the refreshment time later. Okay, so don't miss it. Don't rush off. Stay back a bit longer and go ahead and enjoy what we have prepared for you to mark this special day. And of course, most importantly, we hope that you will think about ministry in the church and how you can step forward to serve if you are not already serving. Well, I'm already looking forward to the refreshment time. Let me get over this fast. Oh, no, I'm joking. Okay. Before we enjoy all that, let us first look at our scripture text for this morning. This morning, in line with the celebration team of ministry and serving, we are going to take a deeper look at Paul's teaching on spiritual gifts to the Corinthian church. 
the text reference that we are taking is from 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll be looking at verse 1 to verse 11. Okay, so if you're there, turn to your, uh, if you have your Bibles, your handphones or hard copy, turn there, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 to 11. And let me just read us through. Verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, Paul says, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences in ministries, but the same God. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works in all, works all in all. Verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the Spirit, same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the work of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as God or the Holy Spirit wills. This is the Word of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. So Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for bringing us here this morning. We pray that God, you will speak to our hearts. We pray that God, let your word come forth in power. We ask for your Holy Spirit to move mightily amongst us this morning. And let us be renewed in our mind, let us be changed and transformed in our lives so that we can live our lives for you. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been some time, or rather many, many years ago, where I last took a major exam. Anyone can remember that experience? I can remember that whenever there's a major exam coming up the next morning, the night before I'll be studying very hard, sleeping very late, having very little sleep, and go to school the next morning, you know, like a bit like a zombie, you know, not enough sleep. And at school, I would have thought that I have studied and prepared sufficiently for the exam, until someone or one good friend, you know, usually will come up to me and say, Hey, Louis, do you know that this topic, uh, XYZ, uh, is going to come up for today's exam? Sure, at least a few questions. One, Anybody got that, got that kind of encounter? Yes? And if I have studied for that topic, I'll be okay, no problem. Come out, come out. Uh, right? If I have not studied for the topic, I will suddenly turn super kanchiong. Oh, where, 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 which topic, where is it found in the textbook? And then I'll just go to the corner and study it because I scared later come out. Well, the context of today's passage is somewhat like this. Not that the members of the Corinthian church are taking exam, uh, they are not taking exam. But in the same way that my friends were warning me of certain topics that are important for the exams, Paul was actually alerting the Corinthian church, verse 1, you can see, that there was an important topic which they need to know or be aware of if they want to live an abundant or fulfilling Christian life. 
that as much as they know about Christianity, you know, many of us, many years, some of us, huh? many years, and we know a lot about Christianity, or no matter how long you have been a Christian, there is one important topic that they need to know and they must not be ignorant of, at least in Paul's perspective. And that is the topic of spiritual gifts. To be fair to the text, it was also possible that there was an underlying strife or dispute in the area of spiritual gifts in the church arising from the church's lack of understanding in this area, so much so that Paul had to come forward to clarify with the church on this topic. So in the same light, whether you're a new Christian joining us this morning, or you have been in this church for many years, we want to heed Paul's caution this morning to not be ignorant about this topic of spiritual gifts because it will help the church to reduce strife and disunity when tackling the issue, or it will also help us individually to understand what God is doing in our lives and hopefully also move us to step forward to serve the church with our spiritual gifts. I have just three points about spiritual gifts for our reflection this morning. But firstly, before we start, and if you're taking notes, let me give us a simple definition of spiritual gift so that we can at least have a starting point to work with as we move forward this morning. And here you go, on the slide. I'll just put it very simply that a spiritual gift is a special divine empowerment bestowed on each believer by the Holy Spirit. So what it means is that when we talk about spiritual gifts, we are talking about something that is given to a believer by the Holy Spirit. And that can be a particular skill or something that you do for the church. And the next few points about spiritual gifts will help us understand the topic of spiritual gifts better. Let us dive in. The first reflection point from this passage about spiritual gifts is that there are many different types of spiritual gifts. And they, but, and they are from one singular source, the Holy Spirit. And that's from verses 4 to 6. Based on the scripture text alone, Paul already provided a list of different types of spiritual gifts, right? Remember what we read just now? And anyone wants to make a guess how many specific spiritual gifts are there in all of Paul's references? Anyone? More than 20, I counted. And there are three key passages which Paul talks about spiritual gifts. For those who are eager to just learn more or dive deeper, they are from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, and Ephesians chapter 4. So based on these three key passages about spiritual gifts written by Paul, Paul lists some gifts and the list of gifts actually number more than 20. You know, from 1 Corinthians, there are gifts like word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. From Romans, there are gifts like prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, highlighted. And Ephesians, very famous, fivefold, apostles, apo uh, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. So Paul lists a whole list of spiritual gifts, numbering more than 20. But most scholars will agree that Paul does not suggest that the various gifts in these passages encompasses all of the possible gifts given by the Holy Spirit. There are more spiritual gifts to this list. For example, the gift of playing music. You know, 
all our gifted musicians and worship leaders here. I'm sure most of us, uh, the playing of music is not cited as a listed gift. But I'm sure most of us, especially our worship band today, will agree, like David, you know, in the Old Testament, will agree that this is certainly one of the gifts that God has blessed the church with. Furthermore, God is a creative God. There's nothing stopping God from creating or introducing more spiritual gifts into His church as and when He wills for the purpose of strengthening the church. So it's good to know that there are many different types of spiritual gifts and the list goes far beyond what is already listed by Paul in the Word. What Paul also asserts is that various gifts given to the different members of the church have one singular source. When discussing about spiritual gifts, Paul seemingly points to the triune, the trinity relationship the gifts have to the Spirit, Jesus Christ and God as can be seen in verse 4 to 6. What do I mean? Let's look at verse 4 to 6. You see, he says in Paul, Paul says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Assuming, pointing to Jesus Christ, the Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So it seems to suggest that when we look at the many different types of spiritual gifts, and yet with one singular source, we can liken it to how we can understand the Trinity, where all three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are different in roles, but yet one, one God. So there are many different types of spiritual gifts, but they are all from one singular source. For those of us who are already like quite a bit intrigued, uh, by the above scriptural observations, you may also want to note that for all three key passages concerning spiritual gifts listed just now, Paul again draws reference to the triune or the trinity relationship distinctions. When he emphasizes in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, in Romans 12, he emphasizes on God, and Jesus Christ in Ephesians 4. So it's like, again, wow, the triune relationship. And perhaps Paul is encouraging us that when we look at different types of spiritual gifts, we can relate it to somewhat like how we look at the Trinity, you know, where there are different, three different roles, but yet for one singular purpose. My second reflection point is that God gives spiritual gifts to each one as He wills. So the second reflection we can learn about spiritual gifts from this passage is that God gives spiritual gifts to each one as He wills. And this can be seen from verse 11. Verse 11 says, But no one or but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. That means it is completely God's prerogative to decide what spiritual gifts to be given to which individual. There is no need to compare, you know, you don't need to stare at your neighbor like, why he got more? Or just like, hey, I got more than you. No, no need, huh? no need. Okay, relax. Okay? Nor be jealous about other people's spiritual gifts because we can trust that God is fair and the Bible tells us that God shows, shows no favoritism. Okay? Saying that, I do think that faithfulness and good stewardship of our spiritual gifts is an important factor to God. 
and also in deciding what and how many spiritual gifts God gives an individual. The Bible tells us in Luke 16.10 that he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. In the parable of the talents, Matthew 25, it tells us that for to everyone who has, i.e. been a good steward, you know, if you go read that parable, more will be given. But from him who does not have, that means he has not been a good steward, even what he has will be taken away. Therefore, regardless of what spiritual gifts or how many spiritual gifts God gives, because the verse tells us that God gives as He wills, it is important for us to be faithful and a good steward of the gifts that He has given us. You know, my son Lincoln is in Brian Forth. You saw the picture just now, my older son. And since the beginning of this year, well, this is parenting, one of parenting's headache, huh? he has been asking me for a handphone. Primary 4, he want handphone. Last time, I don't know when we got handphone, no. right? Nokia, some more, that kind. Not smartphone. He has been asking me for a handphone. He said that a lot of his friends have. I don't know, Pastor, do you, your children got asked for handphone? Or more spiritual, ask for Bible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now my son not so spiritual, so ask for handphone. Huh? And then he said all his friends have, and he would like to have one too. I think he is too young to have one. Maybe I'm very conservative. <laughs> I think having a handphone will do him more harm than good at this age, praying for. But besides these parenting reasons, one of the reasons which I will not give him a handphone as yet is because of how he takes care of his things. From time to time, Lincoln will misplace his school file. Where's your school file? It will be always IDK. I don't know. Yeah? Uh, ah, in hall or whatever, you know. Where's your wallet? Lost. Forgot to bring his school stuff home for homework, you know. So judging by how Lincoln is faithful, if I can use that word, or in the least good steward of his current possessions, I am extremely doubtful that he is able to take care of his handphone. Well, even if I were to give him one S9 uh, today or iPhone 10. And I suspect that God's approach towards giving us spiritual gifts is also similar. Some of us have spiritual gifts, but we keep, you know, we don't use them. Okay? That other people, you, I keep, I like to keep. Okay? Some of us forget that we even have spiritual gifts. I hope not after this morning, uh, you will know that you have at least some spiritual gifts with you because God gives to all as He wills. Worse, some of us have spiritual gifts, but we misuse them for the world, for ourselves, and not for the church. If we, His children, are not able to be faithful and be good stewards in the spiritual gifts that God has given us, why would God give us more spiritual gifts? Or worse, why should He not take that back from us? So it's my prayer today that as we listen to today's reflection, we will also reflect on our lives, whether we have been faithful and good stewards of all the spiritual gifts that He has given to us. Third and final point, spiritual gifts are given for the profit of all. And that's from verse 7. Verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. 
So the third and final reflection point we can learn from this passage about spiritual gifts is that the ultimate purpose of spiritual gifts is the building up of the church. That is, they are to be used in service of one another in the church for the benefit of everyone. The flip side of the verse will mean that the church will not be able, that means all of us, the church, will not be able to profit or benefit from, our, from the spiritual gifts given to the church if the people or the members who were given the gifts are not faithful and good stewards of them and not use them for the benefit of the church. So if we really want to embrace or enjoy the fullness of all that God has given us, spiritual gifts, then what we need, how we need to respond is all of us will need to use all the gifts given to us. Then we will experience that fullness. So as I shared earlier, there are already more than 20 spiritual gifts listed in Paul's writings and so many more unlisted ones. How then can the church experience all the spiritual gifts and benefit from them? We can only do so if everyone steps forward and uses their spiritual gifts for the church. Because each of us have different spiritual gifts, because God gives to each one as He wills, unless all of us use our spiritual gifts, we will never be able to experience the fullness of what God has meant for the church to experience unless all of us step forward, all of us use our gifts for the church. Just to share, and not many of you will know, whilst you see the ministries are serving, you know, the AV ministry, the worship ministry, usher ministry, uh, service leader ministry, refreshments ministry, serving and supporting the hub service every week. I can safely say that all the ministries, because I'm quite involved with them, the ushers, worship team, AV, children's ministry as well, are all in need of significantly more number of volunteers. Yes, ministry members, can you say amen? Oh, nobody signed up really. Okay, I can safely say yeah, that, that we are in need of volunteers. We are barely meeting the minimum number of volunteers every week. And we don't have any good buffer at all for contingencies. So coming from a policing background, this is not safe and secure at all. Imagine we come out to you, our policeman is just nicer, just about can meet you know, every day. If anything happens, we cannot. How will you feel? Right? Right? So same thing, you know, really, same thing. The true state of our ministries, while we are happily serving, we are faithfully serving, but we are in need of significant number, more number of volunteers. So it's my prayer that for us who are already serving and faithful, faithfully using your spiritual gifts, you will keep it going, stay strong. For the rest of us who are not serving in any way, I pray that you will prayerfully consider taking that step forward and use your spiritual gifts for the church, for the profit of all, as the Word of God is encouraging us this morning. So I conclude the time of reflection this morning and let us reflect or recap on the three main points that we can draw from the passage in relation to spiritual gifts. Number one, there are many different types of spiritual gifts, so don't expect that everybody must be usher or everybody must play music, no, no. Different. Everybody is different. And, and they are different and there's so many different. But we must remember that they are all from one source. Holy Spirit, God Himself. Number two, God gives spiritual gifts to each one as He wills. 
and perhaps he considers our faithfulness and whether we have been good stewards of it so far. Spiritual gifts are given for the profit of all, for the profit of the church, so that the church can function at its best. Then the natural question to the end of today's reflection is how do I go from here if I'm open to stepping forward, right? How do I know what is my spiritual gift so that I can start using them? Let me refer you to the first of the two inserts in your bulletin. If you might, don't mind, you can just take it out. Lecture style uh, today. Okay. The first insert looks like this. You know, a bit blue color, gray color below. It says, serve God, serve one another. And this insert provides you with a brief summary of all the ministries involved in the supporting of the services each week. So we have ministries like the AV ministry, children's ministry, floral decorations back in main church, prayer, service leader, traffic warden, welcome, worship and music, dance, refreshments, and also youth ministry. Okay? Each ministry has a short write-up on what the purpose of the ministry is and also the corresponding prerequisites and likely commitment required. Okay, very good. Huh? I see everybody reading. Huh? Okay. So have a look at the various ministries, opportunities available, and I hope that you will seriously consider serving in one of them. If you need more information or require any clarifications, we have a ministry booth set up outside. Go ahead, visit it, and you can ask for more information. No need to worry too much about whether your spiritual gift matches the ministry that you are signing up for. That is pastor's problem. Okay? Your problem or your role is just sign up and say, hey, I'm ready to serve or I'm ready to help out. Maybe I can start considering here. If you are in the wrong ministry later, rest assured, we will come and tell you you are in the wrong ministry and we will lovingly guide you to an appropriate ministry. Okay, so don't worry about that. Okay? Many years ago, when I first started out serving in church, I was also very worried you know, that I was in the wrong ministry. What if I join? I cannot join 10, uh, right? Must join one. What if I join one, I join wrong? Okay, so that my spiritual gift was not matched to the right ministry. Then my mentor gave me an advice that still works for me today. He said that, Louis, you don't need to worry about serving in the wrong ministry. Wrong worry. Okay? The more important thing is for a start is to start serving. It is easier for God to direct a moving car than to move a car that is not moving. Alright, say again. It's easier for God to direct a moving car, change direction, than a car that is not moving. You know? So, just start serving. Don't worry about joining wrong ministry. So, just want to encourage all of us to start moving and step forward to serve if you feel God moving your heart to respond. 